Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Proverbs chapter 31, I want to say happy Mother's Day to my mom, who will watch this probably later today. Mom, I love you. Thank you for for loving me. And uh, I want to say a big thank you to my wife for the amazing mother that she is. She's a godly mother, godly wife, and I honor her. I want to say a a happy Mother's Day to my mother-in-law. And to my wife's grandmother, who I just call grandma, and uh, love them very much. Praise God. Happy Mother's Day to the church, which serves as the mother. Verse 25. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. I want to speak to you today. And I'm going to work through Scripture just a little bit. And my third gift for the mothers today is I'm going to try not to preach very long. Um, and, uh, my, you know, it's, a, it's an effort. It's an effort. Not all my gifts are great, but it's an effort. But um, we're going to talk about this theme today, bloom. Look at two or three people around you and tell them, bloom. Bloom. Lord, we love you. We thank you for our time here today. Thank you for this dynamic worship leading by Sister Galleon and these musicians and these singers. Thank you for the powerful time of prayer that we have had from the very beginning of our service until now. We know that you, O oh God, have been with us and your spirit is here in this house. If we do not have you, we really do not have anything. But if you will meet with us, if you will speak to us, if you will do the work that only you can do, we can, in fact, know that we will leave here better and touched by the Holy Ghost. We pray it in Jesus' name, and somebody say amen. Amen. God bless you. I want to talk to you about bloom. How many moms in the room would like for your kid to bloom? Are there any of you that are still waiting? Don't answer it if they're in here. I should have said, if there. Some of you have seen your children bloom. There is nothing like the bragging of a mother. A mom can find what's right in her kid when no one else can. If we know you, we know the real you, let your mom talk about you, you wonder, how does everybody not see me this way? (laughs) Forgive my illustration, but have you ever attended a funeral and wondered who they were talking about? They're going on and on and on, and you got to relook at the pamphlet. I thought I It is. Did you know him? It's kind of how mothers are. Mothers have a tendency to find the absolute best, to highlight it, to which we should say, thank God. For mothers. Thank God for mamas who find the best in us. We we recognize, maybe you do, maybe you don't, that often, Brother Trano alluded to it when he was opening this morning, that the church is the mother. The church is the mother. Part of the mother's 
responsibility in this illustration is to not only be a safe place, but to be a place that, that, that doesn't point out all the faults, although we might have to guide sometimes. Because while a mother is good at encouraging to others, a mother can sometimes say things that ruffles the feathers of the child. But the mother is meant to support and promote and to strive to see the child bloom. Now I want to talk about this here just a little bit today. And I need you to follow me on a small journey to do this. We're going to start in Luke chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, go there. If not, I believe they're going to help me and they're going to place this on the screen. Luke chapter 1 is where we're going to read about a really important encounter with an angel. For some of you moms in here, it would have been very nice to get an angelic awareness that you were pregnant. More than just a plus sign would have been nice for some of you. Or a random doctor's visit where you hadn't been feeling well and they said, well, I have some news for you. I don't want you to answer, but there are moms in here who burst into tears when you found out that you were pregnant. You weren't expecting it. Some of them were happy tears and others. I've told you about my wife's First pregnancy, it was literally on Surprise Sunday, Brother Titus. That's what our church was having. It was an evangelism deal, Surprise Sunday. We were giving out all kinds of prizes and things. And she came to me that afternoon and said, It's Surprise Sunday. <laughs> and we were, we were really excited because we were really, you know, we were trying to have children. We were excited that, that she was finally pregnant. I was like, this is a gift from God. But I also can remember when we got when we got pregnant with our third child and it was so close to our second child. That was a surprise too. <laughs> it's a different kind of surprise. There was no angelic visitation. I can promise you that. There was a financial visitation. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth. I know we normally only read this around Christmas, but it's good for today, I believe, to that virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph in the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. That's right. And the angel came into her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. The introduction is magnificent. Every mom in here, every lady in here, every woman in the building would love for the angel Gabriel to come to you and say, Oh, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with. Man, I like it, Gabriel. Keep going. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, which just means she was overwhelmed, cast in her mind, what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said, don't be afraid, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Woo! Praise God. Found favor. You're going to conceive in your womb. Hmm? Huh. Hmm? But it was the promise that Listen, I, I need to pause. Preachers pause. This was the prophetic promise that every previous generation had been waiting for. There's a Messiah that's coming. He's going to be born. And that sounds great until it happens to you. How many know sometimes blessing will ostracize you? That's what was about to happen here. It's going to be a child. His name will be Jesus. He shall be great. He shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom of it there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How is this possible? 
is this possible? She said, I've never known a man. And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born shall be called the Son of God. Mary, you're going to have a baby. Now, we're going to take a fast forward. Okay? I want you to jump, jump in the Gospels. Jump over a book here to, to John. John chapter 2. Ladies, every one of you. Mamas, every one of you. You have this thing about you that like when enough is enough, Ladies, I love you, but every lady in the room, you've got a little crazy locked up in you. Some of y'all men, if, I see some of you, some of you men are like you want to smile, but you're not even sure if you're allowed. Yeah. I'm just letting it hang there, just... You just get to a point. You just get to a point. <laughs> what she say? Must have your father's DNA. Was that her line in there? What's, tell you what. You get to this point. I think every parent does, but today we're picking on moms. And John. John. <laughs> <laughs> feel my liberty in the house. I feel my help. John chapter 2 is a great place to watch Mary just be a mom. Right? We're at what we're going to see as the first public miracle of Christ. We know that Christ is God manifest in the flesh. And we've talked about it at some level. I don't know that we, we can... We can thoroughly flesh out or really understand what did Mary deal with? You know the question that hung over her? We, we recognize now that, that entire religions are dedicated and devoted to honoring Mother Mary. And, and we see that. We, we understand in some sense what that is after. We, we recognize, but it was, it was not that she was less than human. She was human. But she found favor from the Lord. But she endured some hardship to birth Christ. How many know that's right? Not just the pain of childbirth. We don't have much and I don't want to lessen and I don't want to demean and I don't want to allegorize scripture and so I don't want to talk about the, the infancy or the, the, the birth of Christ. I don't know what the travail was. I don't know how hard it was. I, I, it's hard for me to picture that Jesus spit up. But I do know this. She had lived for years some honored, but there was a lot of people who questioned. Oh, there's Mary and her son Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Is that Joseph's boy? Well, you know. <laughs> you know they said it was an angel. I'm sorry, we honor it, but imagine it in real time. Okay? I know that we're so spiritual, some of us, that we try to get in the bath in the water parks. But for normal people, if living in modern day, and imagine being one of his brothers. We're doing the series. Thank you, Brother Gallion, for launching James. I was sick. Thank you for launching it. Imagine being the brother of, of, of Jesus. Imagine... You having to acknowledge that your brother was holy. No, James, really, I'm the savior of the world. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> it's like Mary has endured this, right? 
And moms, you're never more proud than when your kid finally shines. Here, case in point, moms, how nervous are you when your kid has to walk up and do something in public? Right? I remember when I first started preaching, my mom said, my mom told me, she said, when you would walk up, she said, I would get so sick. I was like, thanks, that's really what I was going for. I was, I was after the nausea. That's what I was after. She said, no, I was so nervous for you. And you would get up there, and then if you didn't make sense. Like, <laughs> Fantastic. That's appreciated. But moms, you get so nervous. If your kid has to sing the solo or if your kid has to play the instrument. Yeah, I heard it. Didn't even mean for it to come out, did you? Oh, God. You're, so ner- you're praying under your breath. You're just talking in tongues under your breath, just praying. Just asking the, the angel Gabriel to go play for him or go sing for him. Just help him out. I don't know what all Mary has endured. I can, I, I can try to imagine like you can. But I do know that in John chapter 2, they show up at a wedding and they have ran out of wine. It's Jewish feast. You're going to have, you're gonna have the, uh, a week-long celebration. Now I am going to say, that seems excessive. As someone who's going to end up having to pay for a wedding. <laughs> One day. And I'm, I might try to pay her to elope. I don't know. I don't know. I've had so many husbands that came into me and they're like, I offered them $5,000 to walk away. Just walk. <laughs> just, just go. Just elope. I'll send you. It's a check. Put your name on it right here. But it's that day of celebration. For them, it's a week of celebration. I don't know how big the party was. There's different commentaries and different individuals that try to talk about how big the wedding size was, how big the party. I don't know if it was a small wedding or a big wedding. And we can try to summarize based on the setting. All we know is the problem. They have ran out of wine. It's going to be an embarrassment to the groom. What's funny is it seems like Jesus' invitation to the wedding is because of Mary's relationship. Mary's there, they've ran out of wine, and she comes to Jesus and says, "Um, Hey, bub, they're they're out of wine. And he looks, what's he say? I love it. When I was a kid, I thought, I was like, he looked at his mom and said, Woman? (laughs) (laughs) He meant it. you got to understand, it was respect. That's how it's translated into English. He didn't look at her like, woman? It wasn't that. (laughs) Can you guys imagine looking at your mom and say, woman? You wouldn't be here right now. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how big you are. My mom is five foot nothing. If I ever would have looked at my mom and said, woman, that would have been the last word I ever spoke. People be talking about me like, you remember when Josh used to be able to talk? Remember that? Remember when he thought he was going to be a preacher, then he looked at his mom that one day and said, woman, we've never heard him speak since then. He never, never said another word. She, t- <laughs> she said, it's not my time. It's not my time. It's not right. And she completely ignores him. Moms, you're wonderful at this. Mom, I don't, I don't want to go. I don't want to, it's not, I can't it. So whatever he tells you to do, (laughs) that's how the story reads, right? It's one thing if it's a normal person. This is the, Brother John, this is who the angel Gabriel told her about. She knew she was a virgin. She gave birth. It's the son of God. Here he is. She has watched him. He has walked. They've they've done that whole 12-year-old thing where he's sitting in the, you know, this is the guy. And then like it's, like he didn't even say anything. He looked at her and said, it's not, it's not really time yet, mom. Mom, hey, mom, it's not time. So whatever he tells you to do. <laughs> Mary, Mary was awesome. She was, moms, it's okay to be awesome. It's okay to be awesome. Here's what I do know. You know when it is and when it is not time for your kid to shine. Something that that Sister Carson said when she was up here was so true when you said that they don't need a friend, they need a mom. 
If they're not careful, listen, they are put up against a world that is so captivated with materialism. We got newlyweds trying to live in houses that people who have been married 30 years and sold three homes to get there. Well, the interest rates are low enough we can afford it. You're going to afford to lose it. And then you're going to want to move back in our house and that ain't happening. Come on, mom. Come on, mom. Since my mom's going to watch this later, I feel like I need to say, I showed up, I came to Bible college here. I showed up after my first year of Bible college. My room had been redecorated. I walked into my room. I said, mom, there were little porcelain dolls. Which, by the way, creepy. Oh, no, Pastor Carson, they're creepy. (laughs) Said this, you can sleep in the guest room. Not a guest. This is my house. Not no more. You moved out. (laughs) You moved out. And so she was trying to help me bloom. I guess it was my time. But moms, you got to guard them. Hey, I'm going to say something right here. They may want to get married and you know they're not ready. They might want to go to that university and you know they can't handle it. Listen, sometimes people might say, well, that mom's just being too nosy. If you know she's not fit for your son. I don't know how far I should go with this. You know she's about as spiritual as a doorknob. It's okay for you to say, well, I don't want to meddle. Meddle? Save me the counseling time. Don't go overboard. Don't be crazy. Don't become a monster-in-law. But speak up if it's not spiritual. You know when it's time to bloom. Jesus said, it's not my time, Mom. And it seems like within herself, Mary is saying, enough is enough. Okay? They got a problem. You got an answer. I don't know what you're going to do. Do something. (laughs) I think every preacher in the room with me Brother Turner, I want to know. I mean, I, I know she, she had the angelic visitation. You want to know about those lost years, right? That's the story I really want. I want to find Mary in heaven and be like, what would you see? What did he do around the house? What did you see? Like the, the dog was missing, and he was like, no, he's not. What, you, what did you see? Like, what? <laughs> you guys were out of water. And he's like, found some. What did you see? I don't know. Maybe nothing. Maybe it was just that she knew. She had this divine faith locked up in her. And I, I know I'm being humorous a little bit and trying to be for the sake of it. But I will tell you this. Moms, you have a natural intuition to know when things are right and when things are wrong. It's okay for you to say when things are right. And when things are wrong, it's okay for you to guard them. Yes. But it is also okay for you to let them bloom. I am not nervous about moms who brag on their children. I'm nervous about moms who won't. I'm nervous about when a mom does not want to see her kid win. We got to see them win. Now, we know that if this seed is going to bloom, it's probably going to have to find some time in darkness and aloneness. It's probably going to have to suffer through what it means to actually germinate in the process of trying to reach through and get through the dark things. And it's got to feel the outside elements of the rain while we might not enjoy it. The nitrogen that comes back is necessary, and it's a part of the process. 
And we know that the part of the, the process breaking up through the soil is critical for the strength of what that, that, that is meant to bloom into and what they're supposed to become. So as a mom, isn't it a delicate balance not to get in their business? First time you walked into, you walked into grade school or something and you heard a kid pick on your kid? What'd you say, you little devil? What'd you say? What'd you say? I don't know about your mom, but I'll whip you right now. I'll, I'll be the, I'll be your mama and your daddy right now. I will. Doesn't it rise something up in you? Somebody pick on your baby like a, like, like a, 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 a mama bear coming out of the wood. Become an ultimate fighter. Let a teacher treat your kid wrong? Oh. Oh. I had this, I had this story. Now, I'm going to tell you, my mom, for the most part, is a very mild-mannered individual, unless when she was trying to return something over the phone. That's <laughs> a different person. But Brother Barkus, when I was in, uh, I was in sixth grade, I was not feeling well. I said I wasn't feeling well. Maybe I was just tired. I don't know. But I wasn't feeling well is, is how I felt in the moment. I laid my head down on my desk. Vivid memory. Here I am this many years later. Sixth grade. The teacher came and grabbed me by the hair on my head. Oh, I hear some of you moms right now. You should have heard my mom. Picked me up by the hair on my head and lifted. And it so embarrassed me. It hurt a little bit. But it embarrassed me so bad. I relayed that story to my mom. Oh. You would have thought the earth split open. Her eyes glazed over a little bit. Remember that cartoon where steam would come out of the ears of the... I saw it that day. She went on the rampage in defense mode. Got that teacher taken care of. At least that's what she told me. He was at school the next day. But she came to the aid of her child, right? We do that. We do that. And so it's guarding when and where and how and why. But she said, whatever he tells you to do. Now, I will tell you, and I won't preach for a whole lot longer today, but I will tell you, right there, Mary gave us all one of the greatest pieces of preaching that would ever be spoken. Whatever he says. Whatever he tells you. Did she have a microphone? She didn't need one. You think she had a real good preacher's voice? She didn't need it. She had a good mama's voice. And a good mama's voice preaches. Because mm. at the end of the day, I will try to do my job. But in a best case scenario, if you add up all the hours that we're together in a church setting, I might have them for three days out of 365. It's going to be your voice that is speaking. Sometimes you're speaking to the environment. Sometimes you're speaking to other people. And a lot of times it's just you speaking to them. And you speak to them. And they said, I don't know, Mom, it doesn't seem right. Or maybe their words, the words of your child is, I'm a little intimidated. Or maybe the words of your child is, it doesn't seem like I, I could be able to do this yet. Or maybe the words of your child is, it seems like it's out of timing. And you're able to look at the elements of their life. I know there's mamas in this room right now that when your own kids wouldn't listen, you just prayed into the atmosphere. And you you said, by the authority of the name of Jesus Christ, I am pleading the blood over my child. I am speaking this. I know that the, there are lies in the minds of moms even in this room that have told you that your kid is not going to bloom again in God. In fact, there might even be people in here today that you are the answer to prayer being in the house today. Your mom has prayed hundreds, if not thousands of times that you would be here. And there's something inside of you that wants to live for God. But you feel like it's not yet time I've come to tell you it's always the right time to make up your mind to live for God let the mama say amen and so long story made long whatever he tells you to do so they bring the water pots 
Not just any water pots. Which water pots? Huh? Wash pots. Purification pots. Blah. And he turns them into the best one. And here's what I watch. I watch Mary. <laughs> I told you my boy was something. I told you. Right? The governor of the feast, what's he say? Did you just see him sipping on that foot juice? Mmm. Mmm. Mm. Most people give the best at the beginning. And the you know the disciples that had been a part of are like, mm. Mm. we don't talk about the Bible in human terms. This is what happened, y'all. This is what happened. Disciples are like, mm. is it good? <laughs> it's wonderful. Mm. Want some? Mm -mm. No. No, no, I don't. I don't want any. Stomach bug, I don't. <laughs> Little wine's good for the stomach. <laughs> Sorry. But Mary is, in some sense, validated. Because all along, from the angel experience, she knew he is more than just a man. He is more than just another child. He is more than just another child. Disciple. He's more than just a prophet. He is the Son of God. And I want to speak to every mom in this room right now. And while your child know they are not the Christ, it is right for you to dream of who they are meant to be in Him. It is right. It is right for you to press them to blue. It is right for you to not settle. Man, I feel something right now. It is right for you to not settle. If they are brilliant, you know they're smart enough to be a doctor. Don't let them settle to be lazy enough to be a dropout. Press on them. When they look at you and say, Mom, it's not time. Or maybe they look at you and they say, Mom, I don't want to. Just go ahead and speak to the atmosphere. Do what only you know that you can do, oh God, in their life. Moms, I'm going to tell you, we need a good old revival of mamas saying, my child is going to be successful. My child is going to be godly. My child is going to bloom. Yes, we do. Yeah, but pastor, they've been gone for 10 years. God has not changed. His power has not lessened. He is not weakened by any, by any stretch of the imagination. If he was God when he gave them to you, hmm, then he is God now. And he is everything you need him to be. He will be everything for every situation. How many of you could finish this? He is the rose of. How many of you, you grew up singing songs or hearing about the rose of Sharon? How many of you? Yeah. You know, it's only mentioned one time in the Bible. Once, Song of Solomon. Huh. It was a book the Sunday school teachers couldn't even read to us about. <laughs> hey, come on, you know. Song of Solomon didn't make any felt boards when I was in Sunday school. And we're going to the, we're going to Isaiah. <laughs> but it is chapter 2, verse 1. I am what? What does he say? The rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. Lily we get 15 times. Eight of them are in Song of Solomon. Rose of Sharon. That's how it's translated into English. A lot of people want it translated into the, the, uh, the rose of the field. Lily of the valley. Man, my, my, I grew up on that. Rose of Sharon, lily of the valley. 
There is a lot of debate on why Christ is ever called the Rose of Sharon. How does it make sense? Why did someone latch on to it? But there's this string of commentary that seems to agree that it was pointing to this type. It's pointing to this one. Who Isaiah, our major prophet that we would really reference, long before her angelic visitation with Gabriel in the book of uh, of Luke, we have this prophecy from Isaiah in the same chapter, chapter 53, where we so oft get into the pulpit and we say, He was wounded for our transgressions. It's only a couple verses earlier when he says that he'd be a tender plant. He'd come up. There'd be no form or comeliness that we should desire him. What? How can he be the rose of Sharon? How can he be the lily of the valley? And then yet have no beauty that we would even desire him. He was was everything needed. He was the rose of Sharon. The lily of the valley. The tender root out of dry ground with no form nor comeliness that we should what? See him and no beauty that we should. Wait a minute. We need him to bloom, Mary. We need him to bloom so that we can desire him. No, he'll be despised and rejected. What was he? He was everything that was needed. If you're in the field... If you're in that place where the thorns are growing, he'll be the rose amongst them. If you're in the valley and there seems to be nothing, there'll be a lily and the lilies, even they themselves, hang their head in humility. It was mentioned of of Solomon that even he in all of his array was not clothed as one of these. The fascinating realities of blooming and the way that it works. And I will tell you this, just as the lily of the valley, the rose of Sharon, or any flower that you might take today is a gift from us to you, I will tell you that every flower, every species, every area, they bloom differently. That's why we are not meant to mark flower against flower or child against child. Because Sister Gwaltney, every bloom looks different. And oh, 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 isn't it a torturous thing to pit child against child? Parents do not make the mistake. Mamas do not make the mistake. Now your kids are going to try to catch you with it. They're going to try to get you privately and be like, listen, they're not around. I know I'm your favorite. You know I'm your favorite. We won't tell anybody. If you could sign this contract, I would would just. I've got to tell you, Jesus bloomed a little different than his siblings. Is it odd for anybody to think of Christ with siblings? How How do you deal with that? How do you deal with that if you're the sibling? Some of you in here right now and some of the kids that are downstairs live in this constant thought process that they are out-bloomed. So what's a mother do? Loves them all the same. Whether they're a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valley, or maybe a wildflower. Because we don't love them based on whether or not they even join us on the pew. We love them based on the fact that he loved us. And in my closing remarks, I speak to you in the reflection that the mother church is meant to be what the mother is meant to be individually. And it reminds us that if he, if Christ, he himself could be everything in this this book that is this song of Solomon which is the depiction of love between the bride and the bridegroom maybe we could glean from its pages the truth of the love story which it is telling that there is a bride and there is a bridegroom and it is the reflection of love that is being that is being spoken and it is being adorned it is literally as though one would speak and try to outdo the other with the words of their affection that's why we lavish him with our praise and we worship him but when we worship him in this 
this house. We worship him having being, been bloomed at all different levels. There are flowers of all varieties in this room right now. Let me flesh it this way. There are people that have blooms of all different character and color and personality and type. And even at your place in the journey, you are maybe at a different place in God. We have people that are missionaries in the room. We're so excited about this appointment. We're delighted. We've got to cover them in prayer. We, we have people in this room right now that have only recently began to grow in Christ. Your journey is much less and much different. And so it would be wrong of us to compare the senior that has lived for God for 30 or 40 years and the beautiful full bloom on their head to, to, to someone that is just beginning in Christ. But the beauty of the wind on the field is that every bloom is affected. Every flower in the field moves in the effect of the wind. Whatever He tells you to do, do it. Why? Because it's not about us. It's about others. It wasn't about Mary in that moment. It wasn't about Christ in that moment. It wasn't even about the disciples in that moment. It was about that others might know Mama had an answer. Stand with me. Moms, please hear me right now. You are powerful. Moms, you're powerful. Babe, I want to say thank you for what you said earlier. This is a tough day for some. We talked about this at home. She got a little emotional even telling me. For some, this is a day of celebration, raindrops and all. But for others, this is a day where their heart is hurting. Mothers they're separated from. Mothers that have been taken. Or maybe you're a, a woman here that is aspiring. But I will tell you this right now. God knows where you're at. And if you will allow the wind of His Spirit to touch you in this room. If you will allow the wind of His Spirit to just move on you. You don't have to worry about where you're at, what you're going through, what you're dealing with. Maybe you're a mom here and you're wanting to hang your head low because you asked them to come. You almost begged them to come and they still didn't show up. I'm going to tell you right now, mom, you keep asking. Mom, you keep praying. You keep believing. You keep trusting that pretty soon the clouds will part, the sun will shine through, and even they will bloom. How many believe it's the will of God that our children bloom? <laughs> Ladies, I want you to lift your hands in this room right now. Every mother, every aspiring mother, I want you to lift your hands right now. Men, I want you to join me in prayer right now very specifically. We're going to pray that God would strengthen. There are moms in this room that are overwhelmed and don't want anybody to know. I want you to pray with me right now. I'm going to lead you in prayer, but I want you to pray with me. God, I'm asking that you would strengthen and bless every mother in this room. That you would allow a supernatural touch of your spirit to minister in their hearts and their minds. If they are overwhelmed, I'm praying that you would speak strength, peace, and assurance. Some of them are so worried about their children blooming that they have ceased to bloom themselves. I'm praying that, I'm praying that a fresh bloom would come into their spirit. That they would be clothed by you with your radiance, with your glory. That you would allow them to feel promise. That you would allow them to feel laughter again. That our mothers would feel strength in their spirit. That their minds would be encouraged. That their hearts would be strengthened. I pray, O oh Lord, that they would not be overwhelmed by the situations of life. Some of the mamas in this room Maybe they've had to endure some marriage trial. Maybe they've had to endure the loss of their own. You understand where every 
individual is at. You know where every lady in this room is mentally and emotionally and spiritually. Maybe there's a mother or an aspiring mother even in this room that that they know they're a little farther away from you than they're supposed to be right now. God, I pray that you would draw them right now. Let them feel the warmth of your spirit. Let them feel the wind of the Holy Ghost. Move, move, move. I pray your blessing in the name of the Lord Jesus. Every mom in the room, would you lift your hand right now? I want family around them. Why don't you just lay a hand on their shoulder as they begin to sing. I want you to pray. Come on, lay your hand on them or take them by the hand, whatever you're comfortable. Whether it's your wife or whether it's your mother or maybe it's your grandmother. Would you pray blessing on them right now? Come on, men of God. That's the mother of your children. That's, we see our trusted you with them he has entrusted you to be a woman of prayer he has entrusted you to be a woman of righteous speech before we leave here today would you join me in prayer over these children that he's trusted you it might be the conversation at lunch it might be a phone call this week I'm not sure but but I feel prompted right now. Let's pray over the children he's entrusted us with right now. Come on, moms, I pray with you right now. Lord, you know where they're at. Whether they're upstairs or downstairs in a classroom, or maybe they're living a life that's far from you. Maybe, maybe they're in ministry somewhere else in some other city. Maybe they've taken a job that's taken them away. Maybe. Maybe the days have become lonely because of separation. I'm not sure. But God, we pray over the children. We pray over our children and the grandchildren, oh God, that are represented by the mothers and the grandparents. In this room. Come on, I know you've prayed a thousand, if not more. But pray again right now. Let me be. Let me be a righteous leader. Let me be a voice of validation. the children bless the children come on whether they're 4 or 40 they're your baby God do the work in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus 
Jesus. Come on, sing it up. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Redemption has a name. Redemption has a name. Oh, we believe that. children to bloom but for you to bloom husbands children don't be guilty of pulling the petals off her bloom that's good preaching right there what do you mean pastor don't let your don't let your mouth don't let your attitude and I'm going to tell you a good way to start it's about lunchtime. <laughs> husbands children that are in here that can hear me grandchildren give her a hug today give her a kiss on the cheek Maybe it's awkward in the culture of your family. Maybe it's not. But if you haven't said it for a while, say thank you. Say I love you. She's been working her whole life to help you bloom. Let's make sure that she's in bloom also.